Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 183. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Just dealing with the snow here. More snow is falling, which is fine because we're able to build structures. Uh, We have these huge snow mountains that my kids are loving. Uh, I I took a video today of of us sliding on one, myself specifically. I just put my hood up and I slid backwards down the hill. Wild times. It was great. This isn't on Twitter because... I forgot. I I forgot until just now. Okay. I, I definitely... We need... We need to see this as as a public. Uh, as, one, as your partner on the show, I need to see this. And number two, this is something that the world the world needs to see. Mitch sliding in the snow. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it, it's it's selfie mode. So it's not as anyways. It's a good time. What's going okay. on with you? Um, I feel like I'm going to be joining you because I'm already. I've already been told that I'm working virtually tomorrow because we're going to get another dumping of snow. So that's a thing. As long as you get the snow management in, you'll be fine. You're going to enjoy the snow. I guarantee you. Uh, I, I I really don't believe you, Mitch. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Yeah, I'm going to do my best, but uh, expectations are fairly low. Fair, fair enough. Ah, man, snow is so much fun, especially when you, you when you have to live with it. Man, it's so much fun. I have to get better at dealing with it because, uh, well, this month and probably next month too is going to be snow. Uh, Long Island usually gets the snow in late January, February, and a little bit of March. So we're in the prime snow time right now. There you go. But it's also almost not winter anymore. So, you know, positive, spins, positive spins all around. So before we get started, Mitch, we should probably talk about our sponsors over at Manscaped. So Eyes on Isles is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in the men's below the waist grooming, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology driven developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for the listener. 
20% off and free shipping with our promo code FANSIDED20. That's FANSIDED20, all one word, at manscaped.com. Mitch, maybe you could pick yourself up something nice like a lawnmower 3.0. That's a that's a favorite, fan fave. I have one. So I have the, the lawnmower 3.0, and I have the, it came with the perfect package, I want to call it, 3.0. So it came with, like, the briefs, the T-shirt, the bag, the ball deodorizer, the ball other spray, spritzer, whatever they want to call it. And the lawnmower and all its attachments, love it, love it. It's it's a favorite in this household. Not only for me, my wife uses it. We yeah. all, well, we all. Anyone with us, really body hair can use it. Yeah, on your face too. Like although, like I'll just use it down there. Thank you very much. Yeah, just if you're interested, check it out. Manscaped.com promo code fansided twenty. Maybe you can pick yourself up something nice absolutely uh so let's jump right into this episode mitch we have a lot to get into the islanders are well playing really good hockey they're 5-0-3 a point in their last eight games on a point streak and uh they're scoring again which is good they, they must have manscape because they feel comfortable streaking huh oh god <laughs> love it yes for the sponsor <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Uh, but no, it's great, obviously, that they're on a streak, right? 5-0-3, if I'm not uh, mistaken, yep. over the last eight games. Uh, that's always good, considering also they were not streaking before they were streaking, but in a negative fashion just before that, right? Before that OT loss to Philadelphia, they were on a five-game losing streak. Like, they, it was as low as it can go. The limbo bar could not go much lower, and we somehow said, like, we're going to do this thing. And we, we went right through it. And then we just, like, snapped that limbo bar and said, like, we're not playing this game anymore because we're on another level. Yeah. Um, if Just two weeks ago, if you would have went on the old Twitter.com, you would have realized that the season was over um, and that the Islanders are in need of blowing this thing up and that it's not going to work that they're too old. But now, two weeks later, they're flying high as they are back to second place in the division. So it goes to show you how quickly things can change. Right, and it goes to show how tight things are in this division. Yes, um, but you know that that happens when you go five zero and three, right? Like when you're just putting up points left, right, and center, you you skyrocket pretty high. Um, and I like what you said before about the the um, the streak itself. They're scoring, and they're scoring a lot. I know on average, I think they're still at two point eight. I think goals four per game, but I believe during this streak they're up above three goals per game goals four per game and that's incredible to see yeah no they've been playing really well and like six of their last no is it six of their last eight or seven of the last nine that they've scored three goals or more i believe it's a little later one seven of the last nine i yeah. believe so i mean th- that's good because we know how good this team is when they score three goals they more often than not win it's <laughs> the, most of the time the issue is getting to that three goal mark Exactly. So they're on, if I can get NHL.com to cooperate, let me just go full screen here. Um, so uh, New York Islanders are 2.53 goals for per game, which sounds low because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we go by game, so let, let's make that as of the streak started. Um, when did, would you say the streak started? It was in January, was it not? We're not a math podcast, but I would say yes, January. Right, but I'm trying to figure out a date to isolate. Just I that know, I know. I I... <laughs> you should know. Well, me by the now. fact I'm that we're laughing makes me uh, vamp for it. So the last one, the OT loss, the first one against Philly, came on January 30th. There it is. So if okay. I isolate for January 30th here, and then get stats, 
Uh, goals for per game. The New York Islanders are 15th in the league with a flat three. Okay, I'll take that. And they have a two, a flat two goals against, which is the tied for second lowest. Only the Colorado Avalanche at 1.8 goals against per game or lower. The Vegas Golden Knights are also at two. Yeah, um, I, I will take it. We, we could. They, I understand could absolutely thrive with being in the middle of the pack and scoring. Like none, no one is asking for them to be an elite scoring team. They could survive with just being average. And we've talked about that for how long about them doing that on the power play. And that's finally getting better. And it, it, it shows it, it can work. Exactly. So the Islanders are, like I said, they're three uh, goals for per game and two uh, goals against per game. The, both the, the Golden Knights and Avalanche, who are considered like cup contender status, right? They're mm-hmm. in the, like the top five teams. They don't score nearly as much as the Islanders. The Avalanche, 2.6 goals for per game. The uh, Golden Knights, 2.86 goals for per game. Um, so good things there for the Islanders. Right. Obviously over this, this stretch, but I, I hope the Islanders continue uh, playing at this pace because I don't think there's many teams that can beat them when they're scoring. It's the the issues when they go ice cold, and that seems to be the issue. It's There's not really a middle ground. It's either they're very much so clicking and everything's working, or it looks like a bottom three team in the league. Right. <laughs> when things aren't working, they, they it's terrible things happen. And it could be the, this is the simplest thing. Like the fourth line doesn't, I don't know, four check enough. That could be it. Boom, done. We're dead. Uh, but that's what happens when you you have a team that isn't laden with talent, right? Like, we're not talking about the, the Vegas Golden Knights. We're not talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche, where they have talent to spare, it seems. Uh, we're talking about an Islanders team that, that they need to work hard. And if they don't work to that identity, it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but as we mentioned in this streak, it's everyone doing their job and doing it well. Everyone's playing their role. There's really not too many people during this streak, if we're just isolating this, where you can say, ah, they're not really pulling their weight. Maybe Brock? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And he's seen his ice time go down because of it, right? Like yeah. he's. You could argue that Jean-Gabriel Peugeot is playing second-line minutes and Brock is playing third. Yeah, I think you can make that case, but JGP's been scoring out of his mind, so keep him out there. <laughs> that certainly helps. Uh, I, I just I bring up the the ice time. I, I kind of calculate, not calculated, but I I put it into my ice time usage spreadsheet over the last couple of games um, for all the forwards. So over the last three games, Pedro's ice time five on five. 14 minutes, 12.62, These are okay. the, the point eight of a minute, right? Um, so, like, if I, anyways, doesn't matter. And then for Nelson, we've got 13, 7, 13, 8, 12, 2. Like, just very, very flat, right? Whereas Peugeot is a little bit all over the place, but edging closer to 14 minutes over the last three games, which is more than, than Nelson, just to say. Uh, but you can see that when Peugeot's ice time goes up, Nelson's goes down, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely something that. Would would seem to make sense because if one guy is rolling and playing well, why not just put him on the ice more than a guy who's struggling? Like that seems to be common sense, no? Right, and maybe I should reframe that and not say that they have that Brock is playing third line, but it's like they have two second lines, right? Like Peugeot's one mm-hmm. B 
and Nelson is 1A on the second line, uh, but they're, they're playing like identical type of games where the, you could put them out there 50 plus percent of the time in the D zone and still expect them to put points. And so far that's happening for Peugeot, maybe not so much for Nelson, but I would imagine that's going to turn around soon. I would hope so because he still doesn't have a goal at even strength. Right. Well, we're almost in March, right? So like the thing for Brock Nelson was November through February, just not happening. Um, but once March hit, boom, he turns on like a light switch. So maybe that's it. Just needs a little bit more vitamin D in his body. Hope so. I hope that's natural true. vitamin D, no tablets, no pills, no nothing. He's got to mm. have the au naturel. Yeah. Right from the sun, right from the source. That's right. A la Superman. Perfect. Uh, anything else that has stuck out to you so far during the streak that you want to get into? The goaltending. Yeah, the goaltending's been really, really good. Semyon Varlamov's been playing out of his mind. Uh, Ilya Sorokin got his first win, well, by the time you're listening to this, two nights ago, uh, in a shutout performance on the road in Buffalo. They are playing out of their mind. Varlamov is one of the league leaders in terms of save percentage at a 931. Uh, You know, you got like Mrazek, Blackwood, Halak up there with a 955, 948, 938, but... Um, they, they don't have the same uh, workload that Simeon Varlamov does. Uh, and then you have shutout leaders with Simeon Varlamov at the top. Only John Gibson is tied in terms of shutouts with three. Okay. Think of that. The Islanders have played 15 games this year. Yeah. Right? Four of them have been shutouts for them. Yeah, that's good. We like that's, that. <laughs> that's really good. That's more uh, than so 20%. Like, right? So like when it's working, holy hell does it work well. Yeah, and we, we've seen that. It's just a matter of keeping it consistent and if they can do that for the rest of the year. Right. Thankfully, it's a short season, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, and when I say thankfully, I mean like if we're looking to th- keep things consistent, you're likely to keep things more consistent over a longer, or a shorter season than a longer one. Just you have more room for error. Um, so so maybe that, that plays into it with the for the Islanders. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I... I think they're going to have a little blip here and there. Obviously, they're not going to keep up this point streak for the next X number of games until the end of the year. Um, but I, I can see like another like three to four game losing streak at some point where like the mojo just isn't clicking, right? Like let's say the fourth line doesn't click or Jean-Gabriel Peugeot falls off a cliff temporarily. I could see that happening. Yeah, it, it's possible. It absolutely is possible because we've seen these forwards get streaky at times. So. You know, right now they're all clicking, but it can go to how it was, you know, earlier in the year when they were struggling and falling towards the bottom of the division when nobody was scoring. Right. So hopefully that doesn't last too long. But like usually under Barry Trotz, things tend to to sort themselves out. Like the guy knows when his players aren't working and and when it's like an emotional thing. He talked about how the fourth line wasn't clicking and it wasn't because they were doing anything wrong. They just on an emotional level, something was off. And so. Uh, what what that was, I don't know. Maybe his other players needed to, to help them out in some way or they needed to see something from someone else. Whatever it was, they figured it out, they fixed it, and here we are. No, absolutely. And they've been playing well. And just before we get into our next topic, something else that popped into my mind during this streak, um, Anders Lee's goal scoring being back is very nice for this team because what was he, what he finished with 20 goals last year? And he's That's on pace right. for... How many this year? 22? I think 22 over 56 50, games. Right. Over a full season, he's on pace for like 38 goals. I believe that is correct. So he's got six now, right? So six divided by 15 times well, 82. Seven. seven. He had two. Right. I forgot about the empty netter. Um, divided by 15, it's almost half, right? So 
uh, over 82. 38.3 goals is what he's on pace for over a full NHL season. There you go. So his scoring being back is definitely clutch, and John Gabriel Pajot playing like what he did last year is also very important. Right, and, and doing it on the third line. Like, Jean-Gabriel Pajot isn't worth all you're paying for it. Like we said in the, in the, the Patreon show, Lula Marilla has to go to everyone's house who said that that trade wasn't worth it and just flip them the bird to be like, how do you like me now? How do you like my trade now, Holmes? And then just peace out. Not even like just mic drop on their front porch and then flip them the bird and then leave. Yeah, um, I, I that's one. And I don't, I'm someone who doesn't think that Lou Lamarillo is, you know, isn't someone who could be criticized. Um, like I, we have been critical of him, but that's one where I think he hit out of the park. And I think people who are critical of it are misguided. Fair? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, he's not getting everything right. Leo Komarov, not a good yeah. deal. Uh, Thomas Hickey, you can kind of argue it. Like, that was a lot of money. Matt Martin, that seems like a long-term deal, like way too long, but mm, whatever, it's working. So uh, it just will continue to work for four years. He's not without his flaws, like you say. Uh, but the, the Peugeot deal, it looked bad, but we all said like, well, not looked bad. It looked like a lot. like an overpay. Yeah, and you're going, oh, this might not work, but you, you couldn't judge it on the seven games in the, in the regular season. This it was He signed him six years. Like we, we had, We have six years to figure out if this deal worked. So far, so good, though. Yeah, and considering he was a major, major, major factor in that team going to the Eastern Conference Final, something they didn't do since 1993, yep. it's already starting to pay dividends. Exactly. Um, so with that, a lot of positives going on with the point streak. Someone who has been playing well, but hasn't been getting the point production in return just yet is Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, Mitch, in his last four games, he has 11 shots on goal. The, the shots are coming like crazy. Uh, Is that good? <laughs> yeah. I would say yes, um, just because it's it's rare. And that's what we talk about on the on the post-game shows. During the games, I feel like we're always like, yeah, you know, he didn't find the back of the net, but there were like three or four plays where you're like, wow, okay, that looks different. I'm not used to seeing that from an eye on this forward. Just the way he drives the net. You don't see that often from, from forwards. Maybe Anders Lee. Um but it's just, he has, I'm going to the net. And if he doesn't have the puck, the puck is going to the net. Right. That it's, The net is all he has in mind, which is what you, you don't need that from everyone, but you need that from some people. And mm-hmm. he's one of them. And boy, do we need one. No, absolutely. And I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised that Leo Komarov was the one who got sent down when Anthony Beauvillier came back uh, to be healthy. And that both... Dal Cole and Walsner stayed because like a small smidge of me was going. I think there's a chance that they would take Walsner out of the lineup. Not that I was rooting for that or wanted that, but a little part of my brain when Anthony Bovillia was coming back, a little part of me said, there's a chance that Walsner's going to go to the taxi squad and that's going to hurt me. You're, yeah. I think everyone was feeling that um, for good reason. Like they hadn't shown that they're going to be, that they are willing, they being Barry Trotz and Lula Merlo to an extent, were willing to take Leo Komarov out of the roster. Uh, even after that big five minute gap that he made, they put him back on the ice within yep. seconds. Yep. Um, so would they want to keep the grizzled veteran who had a really good game, right? Like the game before this, he was great. Uh, would they, keep him in because he had that one good game they could very well do that we could all easily talk ourselves into that of course they didn't though 
And that's huge because that it's not an accountability issue anymore. It's just we have to play the better player, uh, the one who's been playing better consistently. And that's Michael Del Cole and Oliver Wallstrom. You yep. can't have Leo because he had one good game in there. When mm-hmm. you've got two guys that are, you know, building towards something and younger guys on much cheaper deals, you, you can't do it. No, 100%. And, and that's that's another big part of it that I don't think we talk about enough is the the contract that they're on and the fact that they're they're younger. I, I know it seems like Lamarillo and Trotz tend to rely on the on the veterans, but eventually you got to start giving those younger guys a shot and you know, as much as we might get on Michael Del Cole as a as a podcast here at Eyes on Isles, I think we could admit that he is a much much better option at this point in his career on that third line. Uh, or on the second line right now in Beauvillier on that third line than Leo Komarov being out there. Well, even then, we just talked about how they effectively don't have a third line, but two second lines, right? So, yeah. you know, it, 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 he's a middle six forward, which is perfectly fine. Um, I, I don't think he is. I, I think he's a better fourth line, but we, we yeah. have our fourth line is too good. Uh, he, he's not good enough for the fourth line, so let's put him on the second. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's strange. It's how that fourth line plays. They play a very, I don't know if it's a unique style, but it's its something that Michael Delcole can't give. He gives a different kind of a fourth line play. It is unique, and that, that's why Barry Trotz brought back Matt Martin, and it's why he re-signed him, because you can't just put anyone else in there and expect the same results. You couldn't even put Ross Johnson in there and expect the same result. It just no. not that's not how it works. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, um, but on Wallstrom, like he's got two points on the year, right? He put up his first assist just the other day, uh, the first game against Buffalo. But when you look, at, of course, his shots is the first thing you see, like four one, four four two. Uh, but to me, it's ice time. Of course, this is total ice time. So it's not only five on five ice time. But you're looking at over his last four games: nine thirty nine, eleven fifty, eleven sixteen, fourteen eleven. That's trending in a direction. It's not going to go much higher than that, I would expect. I don't imagine he's going to then be like, 18 minutes of ice time, Oliver Wallstrom, um, especially against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I would expect it starts plateauing around that 12 to 13 minute mark. And you're going, all right, well, he could get something done in that time. Yeah, I could live with that. Like, obviously, would it be nice to see him play 15, 16, 17 minutes a night? Of course. But if we can get like semi-consistently in his first full year in the league in that 13-minute range. I could live with that. I just don't want to see that number in the nines and tens. <laughs> no, I, I, you, you, we can't see that because that's totalized time, right? He gets power yeah, yeah. play time. So, like, his power play time is generally around a minute or so, uh, depending on how many they get, obviously. Uh, so, you know, take a minute off of that. If he's getting nine and a half minutes of total ice time, you're thinking that's eight minutes of five-on-five five time. Yeah, no um, but with, with that, you know, Barry Trotz always talked about building confidence, right? And, and that's how you do it. He's got chemistry. Something's working with him and Peugeot and now maybe even Beauvillier. Perfect. Let's keep that going. And then if he, he performs well enough, it's like, all right, well, I've had enough of Josh Bailey on the top line. Let's see what you do there, Oliver Wallstrom. And let's have Matthew Barzal feed you shots. Let's see what you do with that. Yes, please. Right, like everyone can easily talk themselves into that because you're already seeing him put up four shots a night, almost on average. Um, and now have Matthew Barzell run circles in the offensive zone, opening all kinds of shooting lanes all over the ice, and now put Oliver Wallstrom, just put him there, see what happens. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen soon, but if the Islanders go into that like four-game kind of lull that I talked about at some point, 
I would expect he gets up there. Now, can we just look at this in a vacuum for a second? Like, don't forget about first line, second line, fourth line, what those look like. Beauvillier, Pajot, Wallstrom is a really, really good third line. You will remember the third line that we had last year, right? Like, before even, um, oh my God, Jesus. Uh, why? Can't, Bell, before, sorry, Bellows came up. No, no, because it was, yeah, centered by Brassal. You had Leo Komarov and then Michael Dalcol out there, right? Yeah. That was our third line at one point. Dalcol, Brassal, Komarov. And then fix who you want in the center, whether Brassal or, or Komarov, doesn't matter. Now it's Beauvillier, that's a 26, no, maybe a 20-plus goal scorer, 50, 60-point player. Pajot, who's on a pace of 50 points. And then Wallstrom, who's an 11th overall pick and, you know, lays four shots a game and has a world-class release. That is a really good third line. No, it is. And then, unfortunately, when you take away that vacuum look, you, you see Michael Delcol on the second line, which kind of brings that down a touch. But just looking at, like I said, specifically that line, it's a big difference from what we were seeing last year when Lou Lamarillo said, oh my God, I have to give up an arm and a leg to get a third line center in here because we are not going to be able to continue to play this way. And and he did it, right? He bit the bullet uh, and, and he paid a lot. Um, <clears throat> could he have got something better? No, not at the trade, not at that no. trade deadline, but maybe another trade deadline. Uh, but like, no, th- this was, a, it was a good gambit by, by uh, Lou Lamarillo and it worked out. And now he's got his prized offensive possession, which is Oliver Wallstrom taking reps next to Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. I don't think there's very many players you'd rather him uh, take reps next to than him. Nope. Just the ultimate pro's pro doing everything. And 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 he's Leo Komarov levels of glue guy and then just absolute skill. <laughs> what else? And, and, and the work ethic of, I don't know, the, the person you, that you admire the most, <laughs> whoever that is. Um, that all bundled into one teaching Oliver Wallstrom. Perfect. Yes. Very happy that JG Pajot is a New York Islander. Agreed. Absolutely. So both Mitch and I are very high on Oliver Wallstrom. So just wanted to get some Ollie talk in here. Uh, speaking of prospects, Mitch, you happen to cover a bunch of Islanders prospects. So do you have an update for us this week that you'd like to share? Let's talk about a few guys. Um, if you didn't watch the Sound Tigers game today, today being Wednesday, um, good things happened. Uh, Simon Holmstrom scored his first goal of the season. Hey, that's the, good. Um, the Sound Tigers won their first game of the season. But more importantly, Samuel Budzik put up three points. Mm, okay. Three points. A goal and two primary assists. Not noise, primary assists for the win. So he has, in. I was like 13 minutes and change, scores a goal. Assists on Cole Bargero's goal and then assists on Dimitro Timoshov's empty netter. Wild. Okay. Good day. He, so, very he now solid has day. five points in four games. That's very good. We like that a lot. Right. And this kid just turned 20. He turned 20 in December. Just turned 20. Is he a, was he a second rounder? He was a second round pick in 2019. In 2019. 19, okay. And we're already converting this kid into the pro leagues. And it's working. Um, so good things there. And then we're, we're, we're still got other guys. Robin Sallow signed, right? I don't think we mentioned that on the, no. on the last one because it hadn't happened. Robin Sallow is signed in case you're living under a rock. Uh, he signed a two-year, which is the max he can sign as per the, uh, the CBA, a two-year ELC with the Islanders. Uh, I, I don't know when he'll be here, though. 
As in, like, sorry, I don't know how soon he'll be here. He will be here next year at at the latest. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely... So I definitely expect him to see him next year. So playing in Bridgeport would be the assumption, right? I don't think he makes the NHL right away. He, he might. Ha- he'd, he'd have to have a pretty good camp because, like, we already have Samuel Bajuk, who can probably make the team out of camp. Um, just because they've seen him more, they know what he's all about. But like, Robin Sala has years on him, and he's also played pro longer. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas Bajuk hasn't. Like, Sala's been playing against men for a while now, not only just in Sweden but in Finland. Um, so he's he's got that. He's also playing international hockey, whereas Samuel Bajuk is not really. Um, so like. Salo's got all the reps, um, and so he's he also put up a three point game the other day for Uri Bro. Um, so good good job by him. The thing with, with people keep asking me about him is like, can we see him this year? And, and I I keep saying I'm I don't think so, just because of the way things work out. <clears throat> um, so he's obviously in Sweden. Their right. season goes until the end of March, uh, the regular okay. season. Aribro is a uh, top four, if I'm not mistaken, in the SHL. Uh, it's top ten make the playoffs. There's only two teams that don't make a playoff. The bottom two teams make a relegation playoff. Uh, so they are currently in sixth place with 70 points from 41 games. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so he'll he'll go longer than that is what I'm trying to get to. When then you look at the Sound Tigers schedule... The Sound Tigers only play 24 games this year against three different teams, and their schedule ends May 8th. Yeah. So, like, you also have to factor in a two-week quarantine minimum. Yeah, so maybe he's here in the middle of April? Maybe? We don't. We have no idea. And that depends, right? So, like, they, like I said, regular season ends March 25th, 26th, I think it is. For Arebro or, or the SHL, they all end on the same day. Uh, and then playoffs start, like, I think a week later. And then depending on how far they go, clearly, is how long they'll be in it. Uh, last year, or not last year, two years ago, because they didn't have the playoffs last year because of this whole COVID thing. Right. Um, the playoffs went until the end of April, early May. So, like, he, if he goes all the way, there's no way we're seeing him. And then they fully burn that year without ever seeing him in North America. Um, but if they get bounced in the first round... We, we might see him um, for, for some mid-April games, but he'd still have to move all his stuff over, quarantine for at least 10 days, I would assume, by then. Like, I don't think they're going to lax uh, get lax on COVID protocols in three months from now. Two months, really. Right. So, and then to get some game time, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, he's coming next year for sure. I don't, I don't think we'll see him this year. And that's, of course... I'm assuming that the Sound Tigers aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, probably not based on what they did last year and their slow start this year. Yeah, they're like 1-3-0 and or whatever it is. It's like 4-4. Four, four. I don't yeah. think they've lost in overtime yet. Yeah. Or they may so, have, so either way. 1-3. and three. Yeah, not not great. Um, but yeah, so good good things so far, right? Like Robinson was like signed. That? That's good. Um, next one, Russian Lishkakov is what I, I wanted to talk about because he also is scoring and like consistently. Mm-hmm. He has 14 points in his last 13 games. And TPS at one point was in the lower half of the league. They're now the second best team in the league. So they've really turned it around. They've really turned it around. He's playing center on the second line now next to their, one of their top players in Jared, Josh Kessner. Is it Josh Kessner? Um, I have it right here. I can find out where is alphabetical order. 
Come on here. Yes, Josh Kessner. Anyways, he's one of their top players for, for TPS, playing alongside him. So he's getting reps with important players, and he's putting up, like, highlight reel type of helpers. Uh, just So if anyone was watching the Florida game today, again, Wednesday, Florida against Carolina, Jonathan Huberdeau does this kind of like – it wasn't a um, – mm, what's the word I want to use here where he just turns around? Spinorama? Yes, it wasn't necessarily spinorama. So, like, Iberdo's got his back to the defenseman and turns around kind of like 180 and flips a pass, cross slot, and then yeah, open yeah. to the open man. <laughs> Russell has already done that twice at TPS. Um, just, like, highlight real kind of maneuvers. Uh, his creativity is getting all of the attention there uh, uh, for, for good reason. So he, he finally figured it out, uh, it seems, in Finland. Uh, I would expect him to be in Bridgeport next year as well. Okay. That's good. I, I want to see him come over. He was a second rounder in what, 18? That's correct, yeah. Okay, Taken 43rd, right? Uh, Bodie Wild 30, 41st, something like that. Two picks yeah. after Bodie Wild. Yep. Uh, last one, well, Williams is full. I keep talking about him because he can't stop scoring, and I want to keep bringing it up because this kid, again, today, they haven't finished yet um, as far as I know, uh, but he's already got a point, uh, a goal. So he's okay. on a seven-game point streak. Uh, with seven goals and three helpers. So 10 points in his last seven games, has 25 points on the season already. Okay, that's we, we like to see that kind of a production. I and think what, he's third in the league for scoring as well, just in just goals. He was what, fifth round this year? He's fifth round pick this year, and he's... I. I <laughs> they could change the rule, but usually the AHL rule is you have to have... You have to be turning... 20 because he's drafted out of the CHL. You have to turn 20 uh, by December 20th, I believe, uh, of that year. And he will not. He'll only okay. turn 20 in, I think it's May is his birthday. Uh, I have it here. January. He turns 20 in, Jan- in January of 2022. So he okay. won't be so able to play win. in the AHL next year. Um, but in terms of goals... It says he's fourth for goals here with 15. Yeah, fourth. And the only only three guys are ahead of him. They have 25, 19, and 16. So, okay, there pretty go. good stuff. Pretty good stuff coming in the pipeline, and like that. Those two guys are forwards. So where we're usually talking about defensemen, the forwards are doing pretty damn well. Yeah, we like to see that because usually, like you said, it's the defensemen that we talk about in the Islanders pipeline. Uh, not so much the forwards, but it's good to be talking forwards for a change. Exactly. Like, none of these guys are yet, as far as I know, going to be world beaters. But, like, we might have found some value, specifically with Tzfug in, in the fifth round. Absolutely. So, uh, with that, shall we get into the quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. We're episode 183 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So, like we do every week, Matt, I have five clues for you that reveal a mystery New York Islander player and that it has something to do with 183. Sure. Are you ready? Ready. Clue number one. I was acquired from the Edmonton Oilers. I was acquired from the Edmonton Oilers. Jordan Eberle. Incorrect, but they're they're meant to be hard and then get easier. Two. I... (laughs) Apology accepted. (laughs) Uh, I was a fifth round pick by Boston in 1991. Next. I was named to the 2000 All-Star Game in the middle of a 70-point year. Doug Waite? Incorrect. 
Um, four, I was traded to Montreal for Aaron Asham. Not just Aaron Asham, but that was the main player that we got back. Do you want me to tell you what day that trade was made on? Yeah. Okay, just give me a second to bring this up. That's going to take me two seconds to find this player again. <sighs> that was done on June 22nd, 2002. So you were like five years old or something? No, stop. Seven. <laughs> I was close. I was so close to uh, so they acquired Aaron Asham and a fifth-round pick in 2002 that they used to draft uh, Marcus Paulson. So they traded this guy in 2002. Not to be confused with our friend Ryan Paulson. Well, yeah, no, it's not, it's not, it's not spelt the same way. No, it's not Ryan. Okay. I don't. Okay. Next clue, I guess. Five. I was slash M known as the Polish Prince. The Polish Prince. Yeah. So he's Polish. So think of like. Polish names played for the Islanders had really good a couple really good seasons was traded to Montreal people are yelling at their microphone right now I know and Marius is his first name what Marius oh, there. there you go oh there my god go. dumbass 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 <laughs> no I made these a little bit harder I thought I'd give it away maybe with a 70 point year but I was like eh, it's 2000 maybe not no that's on me. That's one that I should have known. And he came back, too. No? Did he come back to the Isles? No. Oh, yes. He. Uh, no. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 2003, 2004. I don't know why I, I screwed that one up, but yeah. Yeah, that was the early Matt O'Leary getting into hockey days. <laughs> so the 183 ties, he has 183 penalty minutes with the Islanders. Uh, okay. All right. I like that. Creative. Outside the box. Yeah, I couldn't find someone who had either 83 games played, 183 goals, assists, points for goalies or forwards or, or skaters. Couldn't find 183 or 83, so that's the one I went with. My wife helped me one on that one, so assist to Steph. Good job, Steph. Uh, so with that, how about we get into the social segment and see what's going around on Isles Twitter. So my first one here comes from um, Isles blog, but it, it was given to me. Uh, by someone else. Uh, not that I, I don't, I read Isles Blog, but I, I missed this one. Um, so th this one here comes from two minutes for pes uh, pessimisticking. <laughs> nice. I like Anyways, it. Uh, and so it, it, it's Butch attempting to quote Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Right? So it's like 99% of the shots. What does he say? I'm going to play it back here. Oh, this is bad podcasting. This is great podcasting. 99% of the shots don't go in. That's yeah, not, not it. Not, 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 not quite. Come on, Butch. You played against him. You know this guy personally, I imagine. 99% of the shots don't go in. It'd be pretty sucky <laughs> if you had a 1% shooting percentage. Oh, uh, so yeah, that would be awful. Um, So yeah, <laughs> and Brendan throwing the shade after like something like that. <laughs> love Brendan uh that's tremendous Butch Goring is an icon and a half I, I love him and like I get the stumbles I get it when you're on the microphone all like for hours like that you're bound to say something and you always have to talk I get it and, I, I, and he's meant to be color and that's color baby yeah of course tremendous we we, we take that we like that kind of stuff Absolutely. um my first one comes from Noel Fogelman on Twitter he mm. says Alexis Lafreniere's first 14 games, one point. Rick DiPietro's first 14 games, 
He's a goalie, mind you. Two points. Best first is, overall ever. <laughs> well, that's a given. But is Rick DiPietro a better player than Alexis Lafreniere? Currently, yes. No, well, no, that's there not, he had it. Yes, not honest, but like the things aren't going well for him. I, no, I don't know start. what the heck's going on there, but well, that's twice now. I think I've mentioned this before, but you, you've got Capo Caco out there as well. That's a second overall pick from two years ago. And what has he done this year? I, I know um, last year wasn't a good one. No, not much. And that's part of the reason why I think uh, Quinn's on his way out. Uh, not being able to get anything out of these kids is not good. No. So is that fact? Like, is, is, is he rumored to be on, on the hot seat here? I would I would imagine so. I don't think he lasts much too much longer. If they, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think he comes back. I think playoffs would be a stretch. But if he doesn't get anything from these two kids, I think that's fireable for sure. Like, Capo's got three points in 13 games. Yeah, he's not he's not been playing good either. That's 26 NHL points over his career and he's played 79 games for a second overall pick. Right. And I don't think either of us are saying that, you know, the their careers are written in stone yet, but just not being able to get these kids going at this point is is a little worrisome which would make me if I was a Ranger fan I would probably want I would want to change that coach to try to spark these kids yeah this is when you want them you talked about it earlier getting a uh, getting value out of your ELCs that this is the time because mm-hmm. if they do figure out a little bit later you're going to be paying them e- even if they didn't do much in their first 13 games or whatever uh, and that's not when you want to do that when you've got uh, Artemi Panera on the book for 11.62578921 million Whatever the hell number it is, it's stupid. It's so stupid. I thought you hit it on the head, and that was pretty funny. <laughs> just listed numbers, just random numbers. Yeah. Uh, my next, uh, my the next one for me comes from Ken Connolly at KC one seven nine eight underscore. That's not easy to say. Uh, he's uh, tweeting at AJ Malesko at hashtag Isles Outdoors, and it's uh, him and I imagine a buddy uh, on the ice uh, on a lake. It seems which is incredible. He's got a bossy jersey on. Buddy's got a Hosang jersey on. Love nice. it. Absolutely love it. That doesn't seem like a regulation size net, but I don't care. You're playing on the lake. Love it. No, it, it, that doesn't matter. You just take whatever you can get and go have some fun. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to have a bunch of fun. Nice sunny day, not a cloud in the sky in this picture that I'm seeing. Incredible. Like, that's the perfect day, man. Love that. Uh, my next one comes from Dennis Da Silva, and his is a picture, and it says, this photo has so much context, and I'm a huge fan of it. And honestly, this is one of my favorite pictures. So it's from the Belmont Arena. The Islanders had uh, like this drive-through thing for oh, fans yeah. where they can get merch and stuff like that. Uh, and it's a picture, and you see the line of cars lined up, and you see Sparky walking, and he has like a rally towel. Now, above Sparky... It says it's like a bridge and you see it says a new home for a new era. And then there's an arrow that says Hempson Turnpike eastbound pointing one way, Belt Parkway, Brooklyn pointing straight. Isn't that nuts where it's you have the Hempstead Turnpike, which is like the Coliseum, Belt Parkway, Brooklyn, like the Barclays Center. And then above that, a new home for a new era with sparking the cars lined up like that's just really poetic. Right, because everyone is lined up on the Hempstead Turnpike side. It really shows, like, the divide, right? Like, you have New York City on one side, Long Island on the other, right? That's the juxtaposition that I got from the picture. Like, everyone's coming back home to Long Island as Islanders fans. It feels that way. Like, 
this picture really does say a thousand words. It really does. I, I, I at first I struggled. I, I'm not a New Yorker, um, you know, honorary Long Islander, but that that only goes so far. So I struggled, but I, I knew I was struggling to catch it. So I just stood and I stood. I sat and looked at it a little bit longer. And that's when I saw the signs of Brooklyn, Hampstead per- Turnpike. And I was like, all right, okay. I know 1255 Hempstead Turnpike, and that's, I think, all I need to know. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's kind of splitting the difference, which I think is really cool. So tremendous job on that picture, Dennis. Absolutely. Uh, my last one here is Instagram uh, from Sweet Melissa underscore 1984. Best year ever was 1984 uh, for, for no reason at all, really. Uh, okay. And it's a picture of uh, Casey Zizekas looking at Matthew Bar- Barzal. And it says, uh, she says, find yourself someone that looks at you the way Zeker looks at Barzi. And I don't know if you've seen the picture, but like there's love in those eyes. There's a lot of love in those eyes. Uh, not that I blame him. Uh, both of them are lookers, but like he both is are very th- good looking guys. That That is a lot of love. Or, or, or Matthew Barcel just said the funniest joke or ripped like the funniest fart possible. Uh, otherwise, that is just oh, pure love. Wow. I I hope to find someone who looks at me the way that Zeke is looking at Matt Barzell. Tremendous. Yeah. Great meme too, by the way. Usually the only time my wife looks at me like that is if I'm holding ice cream in the other hand. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a person look that happy, like a human being look that genuinely happy before. Yeah, just good. good. It, it fills me with joy just looking at it. So I, I had the Mary Kondo gif right next to that. Perfect. Love that. Uh, so before we go, let's get a couple of plugs in here, Mitch. So wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to uh, subscribe, give a rating and review. That could really help us out a lot. And we appreciate all the love and support. Uh, you can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your Islanders' needs. And uh, maybe check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyesonisles. We're going to record a uh, mailbag show where you submit questions and we answer them momentarily. Uh, we do post-game shows. We have a live stream, a uh, whole bunch of content over there for 5 bucks a month. Right, Mitch? Right. We're up to 129 Get us to that 130 baby. Do it. Do it. I dare you. That'd be nice. You can be number 130, and you'll be our best friend for life. That's that? right. You'll join the other 129 as the best friends for life. Perfect. That's going to do it for us on episode number 183 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.